Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hour two of the show and uh, Toronto and Golden State. What a basketball game we have. Clay Thompson just making three free throws after he was fouled by Kawhi Leonard on a three-point shot. And there is another running right-hander from Kyle Lowry who is having himself a ball game. Holy smokes. Lowry now with 21 points on 6 of 8 shooting and 4 of 4 from 3. 60 to 57, Raptors lead. We're in the last possession of the first half. We're going to talk some Saints this first half hour. We've got some sound from training camp coming up from Sean Payton and Drew Brees. There's a turnover by Steph Curry trying to dump it down low to Kevon Looney, and it bounces its way out of bounds. And now the Raptors will have a chance to add to this three-point lead before the half expires. We'll watch this play out, then we'll get to some Saints. Good first half, obviously, for the Raptors. High-scoring first half. There's finally a missed three by Lowry. Full court shot by Steph, and it is... No good, although that one was pretty close. We've seen those from Steph all the time where he hucks them up in three-quarter court, half court, and they go in, it seems like. Not that one, though. That was close. So 60-57 to 57 at halftime, 21 points for Lowry, 13 from Siakam, 9 for Kawhi Leonard. Clay Thompson, again, putting his bid in for series MVP. If the Warriors came back, he's been fantastic. 18 points, 4-7 from the floor eight of eight from the free throw line has added three rebounds and a couple of steals 11 for Iggy nine for Steph Curry and DeMarcus Cousins with seven points off the bench in eight minutes so the Saints wrapped up minicamp today out in Metairie and they actually they called practice about an hour early Sean Payton does this occasionally especially when the weather's hot in the summer he'll just get everybody out there especially if he likes what he sees one of the things he likes at camp is Alvin Kamara. Everybody was raving today on Alvin Kamara, and Sean Payton, well, he was no exception. Now, Sean Payton, very impressed today, and, and Christian Garrick wrote about all these comments online at WWL.com. You can click on our Saints page to find it. And Drew Brees, kind of same thing, echoing what he's seeing from Alvin Kamara. Man, Drew Brees returning to practice today. Remember, he was over in California with that lawsuit. Well, he was back today. Good to see Drew out there. He talked about Alvin Kamara. Yeah, wouldn't you like to see that? Alvin Kamara <laughs> throwing passes out there. Only if it works. It doesn't work. You don't want to see it. Now, the, the jersey swap that's referenced there, Alvin Kamara and Teddy Bridgewater at the beginning of practice, they had swapped jerseys as kind of a joke, and that's where all the, the Alvin Kamara throwing the ball was. Now, Breeze on Bridgewater. It's really high comments here. I praise for Bridgewater, who second year into the system, first minicamp and training camp with the Saints that he's going through. And Teddy's looked pretty good out there. You can get a little better picture of the quarterbacks and skill position players at these minicamps when you're not having pads, when you're kind of running around in shorts and what Steve Court says, you know, your underwear out there. Teddy Bridgewater's look good. Here's Breeze on Bridgewater. It's Drew Breeze on Teddy Bridgewater. Drew Brees, it was so – surreal is not the right word because we've seen a few moments where, you know, Drew hasn't been around during these, you know, OTAs, minicamp, training camp practices. But you have a couple of days at the beginning of minicamp when number nine's not out there and you're just going, oh, this doesn't feel the same at all. And, and Sean Payton dismissing all of that the last couple of days because he realizes what's going on. It's not like Drew Brees is really going to be missing anything. 
by not being here at this stage of his career in minicamp. These are glorified walkthroughs, although the fans get a view and we get to talk everybody talking about the media out there at camp. So it can be fun and perhaps a little insightful. But here we go. We're through minicamp. Now we get the six-week kind of summer break, and then we'll return for training camp in late July. Me personally, I am thrilled. I'm thrilled that we are through these OTAs, rookie minicamp, minicamp, because it's like watching paint dry for me at this stage when you've done this a lot and you've been in multiple markets covering this kind of stuff. It's... uh, this is one for you. I will say this. This is a, a time of year for you, the fans. I understand why you like it. I'm just, I don't know. I guess I'm ranting a little bit here because I'm jaded. I'm, I'm, I guess maybe I'm the jaded, cynical old guy. One more clip. We'll play Sean Payton on some of the newer guys. Do so we have that one, Logan? Here's Sean Payton on some of the newer players on the roster and what he's seeing from him. Sean Payton, you can find all of our Saints training camp coverage online at www.com. We've got three or four different articles for you. So Saints fans, eat it up. WWL.com, radio.com app. Just go to our Saints page. We've got two pieces from me, a piece from Christian, a piece from Steve Geller. Multiple videos. We've got all the Saints coverage you could want here on your home for the Saints and the flagship station of the Saints Radio Network, WWL. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Jock Doucet, who was out there at Saints camp today, sports anchor and reporter for WAFB Channel 9 in Baton Rouge. He joins the program next on The Last Lap. Welcome back to the show. Again, at halftime, Raptors leading the Warriors 60-57. to Great first half. Outstanding first half by Kyle Lowry, the veteran point guard, with 21 points in that first half, 7-10 from the floor, 4-5 from three, added six rebounds and six assists. Quiet first half for Kawhi. We've seen that in the series a little bit. It's been phenomenal in the second half. Only nine points and equal nine points for Steph Curry. Clay leading the Warriors with 18 points and 11 for Andre Iguodala. Told you Saints minicamp wrapped up today out at camp on Airline Drive. And I don't know how much we learned, but it was certainly good to see everybody out there. It's almost like uh, our own little summer retreat uh, here to be to get to see everybody. One of the guys we saw out there today was Jacques Doucet, who's a sports anchor and reporter for WAFB Channel 9 in Baton Rouge. You know Jacques. He's on Twitter at Jacques Doucet. Jacques, what's going on, buddy? Seth, good to be with you. Uh, yeah, first time I was checking out the Saints in, in a while, so uh, good to be on your show. I don't know how knowledgeable I can be, but uh, <laughs> I'll do my best with you. <laughs> well, tell us what you saw out there. For, I, I always like this, and one of the reasons I said, Tim, you know, see if Jock wants to come on, because I know he's out there. I always like fresh eyes. You know, if you're outside the bubble looking in, uh, sometimes you get a little clearer picture of what you see. So what you see out there? Well, I, I thought today was kind of like uh, school's out for summer. It was, uh, was kind of like the guys were all in an upbeat mood. They, they knew that they were going to be on break until late July, and, and certainly that was reflected in the post-game uh, or the post-practice locker room because there was, there was nobody to interview in the locker room afterwards. We all went in there and we saw a few people, but not many. But, uh, you know, it was good to, see, uh, good to see Drew Brees out there firing the football around. Uh, looked like he had zip on his passes. Uh, Trying to hook up with uh, Jared Cook, uh, the big acquisition that tied in a couple of times. Uh, that was, uh, I think, one he hit or, or one that was off Cook's fingertips. Another one was broken up. Uh, and then the guys, like I said, were having fun. Uh, Alvin Kamara and uh, Teddy Bridgewater decided to switch jerseys uh, during practice, and that fooled some of the fans. You know, Bridgewater <laughs> was running over, and they were saying, Hey, Alvin, hey, Kamara. And uh, so that was. Uh, that was funny, and then Coach Payton kind of joked about how he had some new offensive uh, ideas in his head after seeing those two guys switch jerseys. So 
you know, and, and unseasonably cool as well. I mean, uh, when we get out there in July, it's going to be uh, going to be a scorcher. Today, it really felt good out there with the cool weather and the breeze and everything. Everyone seemed to kind of enjoy the day. It's interesting you mentioned Jared Cook there because he's kind of been the talk of camp. And I'm, from my perspective, I always try to like slow the hype here, Jock, because Jared Cook's been an okay tight end. You know, a pretty good tight end, I guess. Okay is probably a little shot at him. He's been better than okay in his career. But I, the hype to me around Jared Cook just screams of, you know, summer hype that we've seen for the Saints or LSU over the years that turns out to be just that hype. Uh, are you buying the hype? Am I off base here? Uh, get me on, either on or off this bus, Jock. Man, I, you know, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, the guys aren't wearing pads. They're in shorts. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's no contact for the most part. I mean, just looking at the guy up close, he, he looked, uh, you know, like a big, strong, imposing guy that could be a threat in the passing game. Um, you know, he, he comes from an organization that hasn't had very much success, obviously. Uh, I found over the years that Drew Brees seems to make everybody better. We see that before guys show up and what their numbers are, and we see that after they leave New Orleans and how their numbers drop. So uh, I, I really don't have a, a authoritative opinion on that at this point. I'm kind of looking to, to see how it goes. But with Ben Watson departing, certainly there's a very big opportunity for him there. And, uh, you know, obviously the Saints have been burned with the uh, – what was Colby's name? Fleet Fleeter? Fleet? Yeah, Fleener, yeah. yeah. We forgot already, right? We, we, we want to erase that from our memory, Chuck. <laughs> that, was, that was a lot of money that didn't go very far, so hopefully this would be much better. Yeah, Jacques Doucet, who uh, works over WFB Channel 9 in Baton Rouge, at Jacques Doucet on Twitter. All right, I want to pick your brain on, on a subject you know, and that's LSU baseball, because uh, you were over there covering this series with Florida State, and, and without you know poisoning our conversation here, what would you make about LSU's season and the season end? last weekend well i think it was just a lot of missed opportunities and when you get into a super regional like that um when you know the 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 mistakes are magnified you know the first game um they get first they get second and third with only one out they strike out twice when they were up one nothing talking about lsu Saul garza you know around second base doesn't touch the bag um, and then in the second game, uh, just, just more of the same. I think uh, Giovanni Giacomo getting thrown out there at third base was a pretty brutal mistake and, and, and kind of one that really resonated. And then, you know, Zach Watson ties up the game, and then he tries to stretch at the second base and is thrown out. I mean, all those kind of mistakes just kind of uh, piled up. Their starting pitching didn't get them very far. And the fact that, uh, you know, landed more so – uh, and Cole Henry combined for less than six innings of work. They had some two fabulous uh, relief appearances by Todd Peterson, and then uh, you know Devin Fontenot pitched out of his mind. Uh, but at the end of the day, those big crowds at LSU that came out and supported the team and just made some tremendous atmospheres uh, went home unhappy. Um, you know, you, you make the Sweet 16 basically, which is what Will Wade and the basketball team did, and 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 everyone's thrilled. And then when baseball does it for the eighth time and 12 years people shrug and say well so what you know uh yeah. you're supposed to go to omaha you're supposed to win it so those are those are the expectations i know it was it looked coach Maneri's had a tough year his father's passed away his team didn't live up to their number one ranking and uh antoine duplan is one of his favorite players of all time those two shared some emotional moments in the dugout after his career wrapped up uh, duplan was in tears lsu's all-time hit leader so 
uh, just, just rough to not see the team advance uh, to Omaha. Uh, Jacques, you, you and your team at WFB had some great stuff on Mike Martin this last week, some packages on TV and even on Twitter. I thought it was interesting, to say the least, the reaction and, and the greeting from LSU fans to Mike Martin. He deserved the greeting, you know, greeting like a, a royalty, college baseball royalty there, wanting to snap selfies and autographs and, and cheering the guy and, and, you know, rooting for your team, but also kind of rooting for him. But on the opposite side, you had LSU fans spending the weekend just taking every shot it seemed like they could at Paul Maneri, who the last decade and a half since he's, you know, 13 years, 12 years he's been at LSU, has a, almost the identical career in that time span as Mike Martin. Are, were you as confused at, as, at that as, as I was, uh, looking at it from the outside? Yeah, it's uh, – baseball uh, is just so different than the rest of the sports, like – you know, Bobby Bowden at Florida State would have never been greeted that way in the 80s and 90s. You know, football is, they're, they're thirsty for blood. Uh, it's kill them. Uh, every game is life and death. Baseball's got this friendly kind of thing going on where, you know, Stony Brook takes a victory lap after they beat LSU in a Super Regional, gets high five from fans and the, the, uh, the, uh, the fans tailgate and they cook for the opposing teams and coaches. Uh, you know, I, I've done a lot of thinking over the last couple of weeks about what it's like to be Coach Maneri, and I've kind of he, – he's got the most enviable, unenviable job in college baseball, and the fact that there's a great stadium, there's this great tradition, um, you know, it recruits itself, people say. And then, you know, as I'm driving to the park, I hear uh, Coach uh, – the, the legend Skip Burpin on the radio saying – you know, all people remember as if you make it to Omaha or not. That's all they remember. And I'm like, wow, you know, to hear that. And, you know, Coach Burtman, for all he did, you know, is still in town and still kind of uh, – he's still there. You know, and that's kind of – and Coach Maneri does a great job dealing with it that you have a great relationship. And I'm not saying Skip should go anywhere. I love Skip Burtman. But, you know, when, when, the, when the legends is still in town and the – the teams are coming back for the five-year reunions, 10-year reunions, 15-year reunions of all those Berkman championships. That's a, that could be a tough thing to deal with. And I, I do think that Coach Maneri gets criticized for some of the decisions he makes. Do you have a better hitting coach? This and that. I mean, um, it's tough. And uh, it's a tough job to have. I think he's done a, a fantastic job. I wish you had maybe one or two more College World Series appearances and one more national championship. But – uh, you know, the guy's, what, third best uh, all-time active coaches in college baseball. He's already in the Hall of Fame. You know, uh, people are grumbling about him not making, winning a national championship in 10 years. Mike Martin has never won one period in 40. So let's just, you know, kind of keep everything in perspective. <laughs> right. Uh, really quickly, only about a minute left, Jacques. Uh, what is the level of concern uh, with the NCAA announcing they are going to issue notices of violation to six schools, and then after that they got another group they're ready to issue? You know, I was at um, a charity event for the late Wade Sims on Sunday and uh, saw Will Wade there, uh, saw Johnny Jones there, uh, saw uh, all the LSU players that have – uh, elected to come back, uh, Emmett Williams, Javante Smart, uh, Marlon Taylor uh, were all there, and uh, they all seem happy and ready to move forward. Skyler Mays into this new season. There is kind of this feel like, okay, can we relax now? Is everything okay? There is kind of that awkward feeling still there. Now, I you know, was driving back from New Orleans today and heard about this report. 
I, I would uh, I would be naive to think that LSU, that that LSU people should think that oh there's no problem and they they, they may not be mentioned in these six I don't know what's going to happen with that or not but uh, you know we do know that the NCAA can move at a, at a snail's pace I don't know how quickly they're going to work on this or whatever we, LSU's got a new athletic director and Scott Woodward who has said repeatedly we'll wait as our head coach till he's not which is some people have said well that's an interesting way of putting that so I, I don't know what it all means Seth um, I, I do know that um, that, that, that LSU basketball seemed like the Titanic was sinking not too long ago the head coach wasn't there the players were all leaving they've they've rounded all these people back up and I think they'll have a, a top 15 top 10 team next year and have another great season um now how will how long will Wade is there and and how long does the NCAA leave LSU alone or are there problems on the horizon I I really don't know one of the most beloved guys in uh, television in this region, Jock Ducey, sports anchor and reporter for WAFB Channel 9 over in Baton Rouge. And, of course, he's on Twitter, at Jock Ducey. Jock, really appreciate your time, man. Thanks so much. Thank you, Seth. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Back with more, including an NBA Finals update here on The Last Lap. Jock's really is the, the best. Jock Ducey, at Jock Ducey on Twitter. And he, he really is a, a must-follow because his uh, the packages that he does, and he also puts on his Twitter account, sometimes are very humorous, but they're always very entertaining. I always like all of our, our television guests that we have. They have so much fun over there. We're just the grumpy radio guys, right? We're the, we're the grumpy radio guys, the TV guys get to have all the fun. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Steph Curry, a little running right-hander that is too hard off the back of the iron, but he is foul. Looks like he'll go to the free-throw line. Raptors 72, Warriors 66 with 8.05 left in the third quarter. Clay Thompson having himself a game with 22 points. He's now game high with that. Kyle Lowry with 21 points. But it is a lead for the Toronto Raptors on the road. I want to mention something that I saw earlier today that I thought was an absolute hit job on one of the U.S. women's soccer players that deserves at least a brief conversation here that you can certainly weigh in on. Megan Rapino is the openly gay lesbian soccer star for the United States. Now, previously, and this is previously, not anytime uh, recently and certainly not over at the World Cup, she had become the first um, white player to kneel for the national anthem. That's, however, all in the past. Didn't happen here. I wanted to give you context here for that because she has been somebody who has kneeled during the national anthem to pro uh, protest social justice. However, Megan Rapino over at the World Cup, all she did was stand at attention for the national anthem, like we all do. And then we have a hit job by a publication called The Hill who tweeted out and wrote an article blasting Megan Rapino for refusing to sing the national anthem before the Women's World Cup match, the one a couple of days ago against Thailand on Tuesday. Folks, I understand that we can have very spirited and deep conversations around protests during the national anthem and the social justice protests and all of that. But here's where it just crosses the line into gaslighting, into ad hominem attacks. When we have a United States soccer player 
standing at attention like we've all been taught to, standing, facing the United States flag when the anthem is played before a game, before a soccer match, and that player gets blasted for that act, and the hate that came her way, and you were following it on social media today, was outrageous. It deserves to be called out by everybody. This was a garbage hit job by this publication. And here's the problem that I have. And the reason that I bring it up here tonight is because when I tweeted this out, I had so many people tweet at me, well, she should come under scrutiny. She should be subjected to the hate because she's not respecting the flag today and over in France. It's crazy stuff, folks. It's crazy stuff. We got to be better than that. You can go find that. Uh, you can find it on my Twitter at uh, Seth Dunlap there. But uh, we, we got to stop that. And let's be honest here. I'm going to be really honest about this one. The reason that Megan Rapino is today is being subject to this kind of hit job by a fairly widespread publication, one that's read by millions of people across the country, is because she's an openly and out lesbian woman playing soccer overseas for our country that's just flat out it that we would decide that standing at attention for the national anthem is not enough is absurd it's absurd i mean i could pull up video after video of united states players in every sport or athletes in every sport at olympics standing at attention doing the same thing whether that's before a match or after and at a medal ceremony crazy stuff won't dwell on that. If you want to weigh in, though, you can give me a call at 504-260-1870. Our text line's 870-870. Here's a text from the 985. Devin Fontenot was awesome. Hold your head, LSU baseball. Devin Fontenot was awesome. I, I, I still think back to that relief appearance when initially, I think he went five, the first five and two-thirds innings that he went, shut out baseball, didn't allow a hit, had eight strikeouts, faced over only one over the minimum. That was the best relief appearance maybe that I've ever seen. Certainly one of them. Devin Fontenot getting consoled by Mike Martin of Florida State after that game. Here's a text from the 601. Pelicans need Bull Bull. He's seven foot two, 230 pounds. Anthony Davis's replacement. Seven foot two and 230 pounds is pretty frail. I am six foot seven and 230 pounds. And I would say I'm well, what? Am I like average Logan, like I'm not skinny, but yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not skinny, but I'm not, you know, big, uh, seven foot two thirty. That is that skinny or is that, that seems like something and people are, I've seen this like 230 pounds, seven foot two can come in there and be a force. It seems a little frail, Logan. It is quite frail. Uh, like for, uh, for like perspective, uh, there's a lot of wrestlers who are around like seven feet tall and they're all like well into like the 280s 290s yeah and they are like pretty lean like. right <laughs> right that's just it like it, the 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 body mass index or whatever the calculators that you have like i'm six seven and i know i'm supposed to be anywhere between like they say like 205 to 235 pounds like that's the normal weight like can you imagine if i was six foot seven and like 180 pounds or 170 pounds be kind of be like looking like Skeletor in here. <laughs> Skeletor in here. Uh, what's what's the biggest wrestler out there? I know you used to have Andre the Giant, but who's the biggest now? Uh, the biggest right now, I'd say that we've had in uh, like the WWE 
was the great Kali, and I think he was like seven two, seven three, or something like that. Seven two, and he's wrestling. Holy smokes! Yeah. Uh, of course, like you know, his joints aren't too good or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he couldn't really get around the way he really wanted to. But uh, yeah, no, he was he was really really big for uh, for a wrestler. Can you imagine stepping in the ring with that dude? Seven foot two. What? Get me out of that ring. It'd be terrifying. Text from the 985. Call me petty. That's fine. But I hope Raptors win just so Boogie doesn't steal a ring. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have any rooting interest here. I, I will say I like, I've said this before, I like how the Warriors play the game of basketball. Ball sharing, unselfishment, uh, unselfishness, team focus and oriented. And uh, a little more iso ball with the Raptors. Wow, there's a running right-hander high off the class by Siakam. I have no idea how that went in. Fans and uh, Golden State Warriors players wanted to push off there. That was fantastic. Looked like Andre Iguodala a little banged up after that play, too, as he gets the ball at the top of the horn. We'll take a break. We're coming back with more 74-70. Toronto leading Golden State in mid-third quarter. Three by Iggy. Good right corner. And it's a one-point ball game. We continue here on the last lap. Well, the Warriors have taken the lead. First time they've had the lead in the second half. 78-76, Warriors on top of the Raptors. Game six of the finals, 435 to play. And Clay Thompson just buried a three right before they went to break to tie it up. And then another bucket got them the lead. Clay Thompson, 25 points. He's three of five from three. Folks, he's shooting nearly 60% from three-point range in this finals series. I said it earlier this week, and the more this goes on, I'm starting to shift my MVP finals vote if the Warriors win this from Steph to Clay. He's just been too sensational. Clay Thompson has never gotten the credit that he deserves in the NBA. Just hasn't. You can see why. He's playing behind two of the best players ever to play the game, and Steph Curry and now Kevin Durant once he came over in free agency. Clay's just, he's money. 25 points, five rebounds, couple of steals, 7-11 from the floor, 8 of 8 from the free throw line, 3 of 5 from 3, and he's given his team the lead. 17 points for Iguodala, 15 points for Steph. He's 4 of 7, make that 3 of 7 from 3. And for the Raptors, Kyle Lowry, he had 21 points in the first half, has not scored in the second half. 7 to 12 from the floor, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. Kawhi Leonard getting it going a little bit, 6 points in the third quarter. He has... 15 now, and Siakam also. That's the big three for Toronto again. 19 points, three rebounds, three assists, and some good defense for Paul Siakam. Logan, we got some text here on. We were talking about big athletes, and we we're talking about Bull Bull, and it kind of shifted to big athletes and wrestlers. What about uh, the big show? Tell me about the big show here. I've seen him before. He's got to be pretty big, around seven foot. You know, he's, uh, he's very, very big. Uh, in fact, uh, when he first came into wrestling, he was billed as being Andre the Giant's son. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did they actually try to pull that off? Yeah, they, they tried to pull that off. Uh, that's why uh, when he first came into WCW, he was uh, called the Giant. So, oh, the, just the Giant. Yeah, and then he became Paul, uh, I think it was Paul White, and now he's the big show. Uh, he's like 6'10", I believe, 6'11", and uh, he's well over 300 pounds. Uh, of course, he slimmed down, actually, recently. Uh, he got into really, really good shape uh, fairly recently. I think he's just above 300. I'd, I'd have to look up his actual billing to, to tell you fully. But, you know, uh, Big Show's one of the bigger athletes out there, and he is 
like gargantuan in size. Yeah, I'm looking at the Big Show now, and yeah, that's a that's a large man. If he was seven foot, he had to be way over 300 pounds, right? I'm, I'm looking at some of his pictures when he was a little, you know, yeah. a little more uh, horizontally uh, challenged or something. I don't know how you put that. I mean, he's in a WWE athlete. What am I doing? I'm taking shots at this guy. He's going to come in studio and break me in half. Uh, yeah, this is a scary dude. That that beard that he had or has also makes him look a little more scary. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, he's uh, he's he's really tall. Uh, if you if you can, there's a there is a picture of him when he faced the great Kali, uh, the guy I was talking about, uh, and Kali was still towering over him. Like that's how tall Kali was. It's oh, it's I see crazy. it. Holy moly! Yeah, yeah. I see it there. Yeah, that that's two large people. <laughs> those are two. Those are two large human beings in the middle of that ring. And the best part of this, you have the the referee in the background with this kind of scared look in his eye. It's like I don't know if I want to be here in this. This is not going to end well for me. Another bucket for Golden State. So eighty to seventy six with just under four minutes to play. And you can feel the momentum shift. Remember, this is typical third quarter for the Warriors. This is the best quarter. Throughout the season, great halftime adjustments always for Steve Kerr. There's a bucket and the foul from Kawhi. Nice finish by Leonard. So he gets it going here in the second half. Now has 17. He'll try to make it 18 and make it a one-point game. If you'd like to see the Rolling Stones in concert, remember they're bringing their no-filter tour to New Orleans on July 14th at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. And we got some tickets to give away. Really good seats, too. Lower bowl section. They're valued at over $500 a pair. You can go to www.com slash contest to register and win by midnight on June 30th. One lucky person is going to win there. And you can see the Rolling Stones in concert. Once in a lifetime, of course. Bucket list kind of experience for you. Again, www.com slash contest. you got to enter before the end of the month. And it's brought to you by us here at WWL. Tomorrow on Sports Talk with Bobby and Christian, they're going to go around the NFC South, check in on the Saints competition after and during minicamp. Plus, what are the best father-son combos in sports? And what's your favorite Father's Day sporting moments as we approach Father's Day weekend? That's 4 to 8 p.m. on your home of the Saints and LSU WWL. Best father-son combos. LeBron James is trying to stick around in the NBA, I think, until uh, Bronny, his son, would have a chance to play in the NBA uh, he's a pretty good prospect, not you know the level that LeBron was, but pretty good prospect there. I'm gonna watch that. This whole you know, orchestration of the Pelicans trade and, and the, the Anthony Davis trade by LeBron James has been fascinating to watch from the outside looking looking in. And I'll go back to what we see from the Lakers in, in desperation. To me, it seems like they are flailing and trying to use every underhanded tactic that they can to get what they want. And from a Lakers perspective, a little bit entitled, right? Big market, prestigious franchise, one of the, if not the most prestigious franchise in the NBA with their history. Got to get it from them. You'd get that attitude too. Kind of have it here. I don't know, maybe with LSU football, right? LSU baseball kind of had the same, you know, entitled attitude. I get it. Comes with the territory. But it's just funny to watch because nobody's having it. Relatively nobody's having it. Certainly the Pelicans aren't. Celtics aren't. Most of the reporters have been calling out this nonsense the whole time. It's really fun to watch Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, his Twitter timeline during all of this, because he keeps kind of slapping down all these rumors and everything the Lakers are trying to do. I saw Woj over the past couple of days saying, yeah, well, Danny Ainge hasn't moved. 
by the Rich Paul interview in Sports Illustrated. He's not coming off uh, his desire to want Anthony Davis in Boston. It's it's just hypocrisy run wild with this whole situation from AD's camp. Well, he wants to win titles, but he wants to go to the Knicks. Really? In L.A.? Okay. Only wants to be on a winner. Okay. Well, that doesn't make any sense. And then we have him coming out and saying, well, I haven't given the Pelicans any list. There's no preferred destination in a trade for me. When his agent comes out and says, yeah, although this interview, like Nathan Brown pointed out, happened back in March, but his agent could have certainly called up Sports Illustrated and said, hey, uh, you know, this is what I meant. Can we revise this now? Or after the fact, even if Sports Illustrated didn't want to change the quotes that they have, Rich Paul could have come out and said, well, this was in March. This is what I mean now. It's different. He hasn't done that. And now they're saying, well, yeah, there is a preferred list. It's, it's the Knicks or Lakers. <laughs> it's hypocrisy all over the place with this. Until you're an unrestricted free agent, and this is the way the league works, you don't really get to pick and choose who you want to go to really thankful that we have david griffin in new orleans running this pelicans franchise because he's not having any of this nonsense and it's interesting that you also have danny ainge on the other side somebody who has been intimately involved in some big time trades during his tenure in boston he's been around this wagon a few times and uh everybody i'm looking up at the screen now Uh oh we have an injury in the NBA Finals, everybody fans holding their heads as we had a hard foul, not a, I wouldn't say an overly hard foul, but Clay Thompson went down hard and then grabbed his left knee. And we're watching the replay here. It's, oh, that that doesn't look good. It's a foul, came down awkward. Clay, left knee, he's on the court grabbing it. Steph slams the ball down, and the fans at the Oracle watching in complete disbelief. Clay can't walk, and he's being helped back to the locker room. Wow. I don't know if I've ever seen just a spate of injuries like this with the Warriors. I mean, that's that's devastating. Don't know what it is yet, but three-point lead for the Warriors and Clay Thompson's night is over. Looks like, anyways. We'll have more on this. Let's take a break. We'll see what we can find out here. Clay Thompson injured, 83-80. Warriors with the lead, 222 to play in the third quarter. The last lap continues on WWL. I mean, this is Kurt Gibson-level stuff here going on at the Oracle. This is incredible. So Clay Thompson goes into the tunnel, being helped off arms around the shoulder of training staff and coaches. Then he's called back halfway down the tunnel, turns around because he's got two free throws to shoot, goes out, nails the two free throws, tries to run up and down the court, hobbling a little bit, and then he's taken out for Quinn Cook. And now we see him in the tunnel jogging back to the locker room. I am telling you, I watched Clay come down and the knee bend and it looked like a devastating knee injury, and think all the basketball gods that it doesn't look like it is, or at least you hope not. Sometimes with those knee injuries, you just don't know. You can kind of run and hobble around on them, even though you have some serious damage. But 
it's look, it's good to see Clay Thompson moving around here and making those free throws. This has just been devastating, the injuries here in the series for the Warriors. This is why I say again, if the Warriors win this series, if they come back and win this series, it's going to go down as one of the great NBA Finals performances ever. Maybe the greatest NBA Finals performance by a team ever. It's it's incredible. I know you wouldn't think that because it's the Warriors and the Dynasty, but come on. No KD. Kevon Looney's been injured. Clay's already missed a game, and now he's injured again. And Steph Curry just won a tip against against Kawhi Leonard he had a jump ball they had a tip up and he just won a tip against Kawhi and then he had a three it's no good here come the Raptors my goodness it's crazy stuff now we were talking about size and some big players uh and big wrestlers you have some size for the wrestler slogan back there yeah so the official size for Andre the Giant uh just to give context here is seven foot four and he was 520 pounds then wait, wait, say this again. He was seven foot four and five hundred and twenty pounds. Five hundred and twenty pounds. Yes. And then wow. you compare that to someone like the big show, who is officially seven feet and weighs three hundred and eighty three pounds. <laughs> this is some large human beings. <laughs> I'm a large guy, but when I hear stuff like this, I think, my goodness. Then you have then you have the great Kali, who was seven foot one. 347 pounds and then you have El Gig- uh, 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 Giant Gonzalez who was 7 foot 7 463 pounds that is insane to think say this again 7 foot 7 463 pounds jeez <laughs> I mean um, I, 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 I can't even comprehend somebody that large until I was actually like standing next to them so I'm 6'7", I'm 2.30. We got somebody who's a foot taller than me and, and 400 pounds, my my senior. I what If you're standing next to that guy, what are you doing, Logan? Uh, trying not to get on his bad side. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. Logan Falgu behind the glass. Uh, no sighting of Clay Thompson back yet. DeMarcus Cousins is in there. Warriors have the basketball. Leading Toronto 85-83. to They'll inbound under the buckets, and we'll take a break here for our news. We've got one more hour of the program to come. Don't go anywhere. We have an incredible sit-down with Robin Fambro of The Advocate. Robin is covering the LHSA in high school sports, and it came out earlier this week that the LHSA and Eddie Bonine, their executive director, are possibly looking at ending the public-private splits and ending this nonsense about the state championships being played at home sites. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.